0: Everyone and welcome to episode 45 of Minds Over Money. I'm your host Cameron Brady, and on this week's episode, I'm covering three headlines from last week that directly impact the economy, as well as having potential implications on your own investment portfolios. And those headlines are: fiscal stimulus is turning into a fiscal drag, in a big headwind for growth. The U.S. import surge is skipping the train, and NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and Web3 are the multi-level marketing schemes for a new generation. In addition to those headlines, I'm also covering another financial planning topic, and this week it's don't worry, concentrate on the things you can control in retirement. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. This week's first headline is Fiscal Stimulus is Turning into a Fiscal Drag in a Big Headwind for Growth. A drop in federal relief could help curb inflation, while elevated savings should blunt impact on consumers. The federal pandemic support that helped propel the economy to blistering growth last year and put upward pressure on inflation is rapidly waning. That will weigh on consumers this year, pulling growth down, though not by enough to knock the recovery off track. Inflation adjusted gross domestic product rose 5.5% in the fourth quarter from the same period a year earlier, its best annual rate since 1984. That was supported by roughly $3.6 trillion in federal spending in response to COVID-19 since the pandemic start, including direct support to households via stimulus checks, enhanced unemployment benefits, monthly child tax credit payments, and aid to state and local governments. But Americans have been spending down some of that aid, and many assistance programs have expired. Meanwhile, despite calls from some industry groups for additional aid, Congress is yet to advance another large-scale relief package. President Biden's proposal for a major social, education, and climate change bill is also stalled in Congress. By the fourth quarter of 2021, the various COVID-19 relief packages enacted since 2020 had bolstered the level of U.S. GDP by just under 6 percentage points. It is estimated that by the end of 2022, that boost will shrink to a little less than 2 percentage points. That's equivalent to 4 percentage points of drag on economic growth compared with what would have been if pandemic programs offered the same support as in 2021. That is a pretty big pullback in the level of fiscal support to the economy. The hope is that other factors can offset that and the economy will keep growing, but it is a lot to contend with. With fiscal support from the federal government ending, the economic recovery is at a crossroads. If consumer spending remains steady and helps offset some of the economic support provided by stimulus last year, the economy will respond accordingly. If interest rate hikes spook consumers into saving additional funds and spending decreases, we could find ourselves in recession territory. This week's second headline is the U.S. import surge is skipping the train. Shippers are increasingly choosing trucks over railroads because of supply chain bottlenecks and a need for speed, pushing more freight onto the country's highways. Tens of thousands of container loads of cargo that would normally move on railroads are being hauled on American roads each month as companies look to get around continuing supply chain bottlenecks. U.S. intermodal transports, in which railroads carry containers and truck trailers, were down nearly 12% in the first six weeks of this year from a year ago, after tumbling in the second half of last year even as retailers and manufacturers rushed to bring in goods. Trucking and rail industry officials say demand to move freight 500 miles or more, which is often done by rail, remains strong as companies restock depleted inventories. But shippers are more often than usual choosing highways over railroads because shortages of labor, equipment, and warehouse space across supply chains can create unpredictable delays. Intermodal transport, which uses trucking for the final leg of delivery, is slower and more complicated than long-haul trucking. But it is also cheaper and less damaging to the environment. U.S. supply chains are struggling to ingest record cargo volumes that began surging into the country in the summer of 2020, a few months after COVID-19 pandemic triggered lockdowns when consumers switched their spending from services to goods. Imports were up 14% in 2021. Over the year before, at the nation's busiest container port complex, at Los Angeles and Long Beach, California, clogging port terminals, rail yards, truck yards, and warehouses. Railroads carried record levels of intermodal cargo toward the end of 2020 and through the first half of 2021. But last summer, the system ground to a halt as rail yards in the Chicago area filled with tens of thousands of boxes backing up shipments at a key hub for transport to destinations east of the Mississippi River. Rail and trucking industry officials say the congestion was caused by too many boxes flowing into the region for warehouses and truckers to handle, a situation that has popped up intermittently at other intermodal hubs around the country. In July of 2021, some railroads restricted cargo into Chicago for days until the bottlenecks cleared, pushing shippers to trucking for long-distance routes to inland warehouses. The period coincided with massive bottlenecks at US ports, where container ships at the port complex in Southern California waited weeks or months to unload cargo. To make up for lost time, some shippers chose to pay more for the certainty and speed of trucking. Truckload volumes moving through the spot market on routes that mirror the nation's busiest inland route from Los Angeles to Chicago were up 130% year-over-year in early February such demand is contributing to higher trucking rates and thus higher prices for consumers. This week's third headline is NFT's cryptocurrencies and Web3 are multi-level marketing schemes for a new generation. Trendy digital assets are ridiculously easy to create and that's a problem. In a recent ad for cryptocurrency exchange FTX, Tom Brady asked seemingly everyone in his contact list, you in, As in, are you going to join him in buying some crypto and not presumably in being a football star married to a supermodel? The pitch is straightforward celebrity endorsement fare designed to capitalize on the FOMO, that is the standard psychological tactic of those who are already invested in cryptocurrencies and related technologies, and who would like the rest of us to come aboard. Tom Brady has an equity stake in FTX. A un style pitch is also typical of successful multi-level marketing companies. Both make a virtue of the fact that our getting in will obviously enrich those urging us to do so by driving up the value of their own holdings or network, and then hey, the same could be true for us. It's a siren song as old as the promise of attaining financial freedom by selling herbal supplements, cosmetics, or leggings from the comfort of your home enhanced and refined by the ways in which modern communication systems can rapidly elevate ideas and movements from the fringe to the center of national and global conversation. But how does owning or trading crypto, which is after all just data, infinitely reproducible, supposedly nearly free thanks to the internet, make one rich? Or for that matter, owning or trading other digital assets like NFTs or non-fungible tokens that have become all the rage among celebrity art collectors? The straightforward premise by using the blockchain a type of public database that anyone can access and everyone can supposedly trust it is possible to create a chunk of data known as a token that is unique in the world and cannot be reproduced in other words it is possible to make a digital object be it a piece of art or a crypto coin scarce there's a paradox at the root of the growing crypto ecosystem a disconnect between the technology and the economics While individual digital assets, bitcoins, pictures of bored apes, giant JPEGs of everything the artist Beeple has ever produced can be unique. The underlying nature of the internet means that there is, in aggregate, a potentially infinite supply of cryptocurrency, NFTs, and all other exchangeable tokens that make up crypto and the broader vision for a decentralized internet known as Web3. Basic economics suggests an unhappy outcome. When the demand for something is limited, there are only so many people on earth and only so much traditional money to be converted into tokens and cryptocurrencies, and the supply is infinite, the average price of that asset is going to zero. It should be said up front that this does not imply that everything currently being stuffed onto the blockchain, which at the moment seems like everything on the internet, will ultimately be worthless. Like every other means of exchange and storage of value since cowrie shells and mesopotamian shekels, Even pictures of bored apes of debatable artistic merit have value because enough people say they do. The key to understanding the long-term trend in the value of supposedly scarce digital assets is understanding how the latest generation of them differs from previous ones. In what might be called quote-unquote first-generation blockchain-based technologies like Bitcoin, there are only so many coins and creating the ones that do exist is difficult and expensive. But second generation technologies are rapidly diversifying into a dizzying array of potential applications from smart contracts that trace the provenance of luxury goods to new competitors for Facebook. And to do all this, these technologies are predicated with the idea that the only limit that what can be done with them is the human imagination. The barrier to creating new blockchain based things are low and thanks to intense interest and massive investment dropping all the time. The upshot is that nearly anyone can create an NFT from real artists to scam artists. OpenSea, the leader in this space by volume, recently said that many of its NFTs minted on its platform are plagiarized, fake, or spam. And while creating your own cryptocurrency can be challenging, creating a new token on an existing blockchain, which for many applications is nearly the same thing, isn't much harder than creating an NFT. Indeed, if one were to distill the entire premise of Web3 to a single sentence, it would be this. By virtue of the ease of creating new tokens and building new businesses around them, Web3 has the potential to securitize any iota of data or code we ever produce. Another way to put that, Web3 represents a way to financialize every possible human interaction. The ease of creating new crypto whatsits is one reason why so many new NFTs, tokens and businesses claiming to be based on crypto or the blockchain, or some word salad of related terms are born daily. The gold rush mentality of many of those with the loudest voices and biggest reach in the crypto community also helps. But this mania for being early to business models that by their nature reward those who are in first also contributes to their high rate of failure. Recent research has found that most NFTs don't sell. A hardly comprehensive list of dead and abandoned tokens created for crypto projects include nearly 2,400 entries. Risky behavior for new frauds have become commonplace, including a tactic called rug pulls. In one version, developers often conceal behind pseudonymous online identities, offer a new token or currency, then take all the money or crypto people traded in for it and walk away. The head of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has said crypto, on the whole, is a wild west in need of stronger regulation. Not everyone who uses crypto and tokens as part of their business is concerned about whether they are tradable financial assets, and whether regulators would or should be interested in them. That's because crypto tokens can be used as all sorts of things that aren't securities, from membership in a club to tracking the whereabouts of a shipping container. Indeed, some of the blockchain-based businesses that seem plausible as candidates to survive in the long run don't treat the tokens they use as securities at all. Blockchain-based organizations inevitably have a pyramid-shaped economic structure in which those who jump in early earn disproportionate rewards through the appreciation and value of their tokens and those who come along later are likely to profit little or lose money by joining. For these reasons, it is possible that even if Web3 and cryptocurrencies in the long run result in a handful of valuable companies, individual small-time investors will, as is so often the case, not be the ones who profit from their rise. There is little doubt that the blockchain technology that allows cryptocurrency and NFTs to exist is powerful and will have a meaningful impact on the economy. The trading and buying of the individual coins and tokens are fraught with fraud and speculation that make it near impossible to try and make a profit. This week's financial planning topic is don't worry. Don't worry about the things you can't control and concentrate on the things you can. With the markets reaching all-time highs last year, many people are wondering how long it might be before they retreat, how far they might decline, and how long they might be down. They are wondering what might cause the markets to decline and these are unknown variables and the unknown always causes concern. You would be better off to concentrate on the things you can control. You can control many aspects of your life that can mitigate and manage the effects of those unknowns. If you are working, you can control the amount of money you are contributing to your investments each month. If you are retired, you can control the amount of money you are taking from your investments each month. You can control the mix of stocks, bonds, and cash in your portfolio. You can control how many different stocks and bonds you have in your portfolio. You can control how many different investments you have from other countries in your portfolio. And you can control the timing of when you rebalance your portfolio. You can control the fees and expenses of your investments. You can control your emotional response to market movements. You can control the amount of education you receive about your investments. You can control how much you spend and save each month. You can control how much high interest debt you have. You can control the amount of savings you have to cover emergencies. You can control whether or not you have a will and a durable power of attorney to protect your family. You can control the amounts and types of life and disability insurance protection for the same purpose. You can control your use of retirement investment accounts to minimize the taxes you pay. You can control whether or not you have a comprehensive financial plan that addresses all of these things. You can control whether or not you engage the services of a fee-only full-time fiduciary certified financial planner professional to guide you through all of this. It doesn't help to worry about the things that are out of your control. Better to focus on the actions that can help you to cope with these unknown variables. If you and your life savings are being ignored or feeling taken advantage of, come join our family. We are a family-owned financial planning and investment advisory firm who promised to treat you like family. No products, no hard sell, no gimmicks, just honest advice based on our four decades of experience. If you have any questions on this week's episode or are interested in getting an unbiased opinion on your finances, please give us a call at 440-235-2100 or email me at Cameron at MichaelBradyCo.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed.